Welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon. Now that we're in week two of XFL football, I will definitely remember that the Battle Hawks are in the East and not the West, Perna. I really botched that up in the last episode, but in fairness to me, I'm usually drunker than an XFL player after a win. I mean, what do I have to do to get a damn beer sponsor here? Play like Cardale Jones, who made the kind of play that would impress even Lamar Jackson. Jones fumbles to avoid the sack and then throws a first down on a third and ten. Equally impressive was our favorite boozer, number 69, chugging a beer on the sideline, making him the only man badass enough to pregame before the locker room party. Today, I'll recap all of the XFL football from week two and applaud the league for listening to the fans. Specifically, me. I suggested that the NFL put cameras inside of players' eyeballs. And it looks like the XFL listened, and that's no longer a crazy dream, but a terrifying reality. God bless the XFL. Let's get sports. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good. Missed your chance to bet on the Super Bowl? Regretting it? Well, fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with BetOnline to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, BetOnline has you covered for all of your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to retrieve your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. New York City shall not have good football as the Guardians get goose-egged 27-0 by the Defenders. Not only did the Defenders execute the first successful double-forward pass in the XFL, they proved to be the best team in the league again. And we should recognize that Eli Rogers missed his mother's funeral to play in this game. I think that's a very strong testament to how serious these men are taking this opportunity. Now, the DC Defenders scored on their opening series and put an exclamation point on their dominance by causing a turnover after Matt McGloin actually made his best XFL play to date. He escapes pressure only to see Darius Victor take a thumping hit and get stripped by the Defenders. Defenders, defenders. That's Raheem Moore making another dynamic play against not Jacoby Jones in the playoffs. Cardale Jones hasn't been able to run free like this since he was at Ohio State. Trust me, Urban Meyer lets everyone run free. No rules, regulations, that's how Urban Meyer rolls. No requirements or commitments necessary. I can say I like the nickname given to Cardale Jones by J.B. Cooters on Twitter and Fatrick Mahomes. Fatrick Mahomes, he's making big plays at the speed of type 2 diabetes, which 
isn't very fast. As much as I like Patrick Mahomes, you can also call him Cartel Jones because there ain't no competition for this guy in this league. Also, he'll have your head cut right off and placed on a turtle if you ever snitch on him and work with the DEA. Now Matt McGloin sounds too much like Pat McGroin. So showing you this terrible interception he threw in the second quarter is the perfect time to bring that up. That's really the worst kind of pick. He had plenty of time, he dacked his hips, and then underthrew the ball right where the safety was sitting. Matt McGloin is basically Andy Dalton with less skill. And if that offends you as a fan of Gingers, stop stealing people's souls, you pasty-faced monsters. After that opening touchdown by the defenders, the Guardians defense held DC to two field goals. It was really this third quarter pick six, another terrible decision by Matt, I never listened to my McGroin, that ended all hope for the Guardians. That was linebacker Jameer Thurman scoring the wrong kind of passing touchdown for McGloin. Cardale Jones' second best play was probably this touchdown pass called back because of an offensive push-off. His first, of course, was the fumble to avoid the sack and then complete a third and 10 like I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode. McGloin was eventually benched in this game for Marquise Williams, who passed for more yards with 51 on four completions than McGloin did with 44 through three and a half quarters. Defenders receiver DeAndre Tompkins emerged as a real threat with 92 yards and a touchdown, which gives Jones a dangerous trio of receivers now in Tompkins, Rashad Ross, and Eli Rogers. The defense scored again in this game and caused three total turnovers and another dominant performance that should keep DC atop of the power rankings. The Vipers look like the worst team in the league, falling to the Dragons 9-17. I would like to congratulate these Dragons fans for earning the reputation of being the most likely to have their lunch money taken every day by the toughest girl in the cafeteria. Jim Zorn and Mark Tressman's game plan to bore the opposing defense to sleep worked brilliantly in this game. Trussman and Zorn are the types of coaches who think punting on third down is a viable option. This league is supposed to be about advancing the game of football forward, which is why all of the conservative, unentertaining play callers for the XFL should be verbally savaged and then swiftly thrown in the trash like the laminated dinner menus masquerading as play sheets. They are. All I wanna know is where's the damn creativity? The XFL literally changed the rules so you could do cool shit, and all the Vipers and Dragons did was regular shit. Normal temperature shit that was not cool that still smelled. Less than five full quarters into the season, and the Tampa Bay Vipers are already on their third quarterback, rotating starters in this game, because that has worked, you know, zero times in football history. Now, partially this was due to injury, and partially because Mark Tressman couldn't identify a starting quarterback if Deshaun Watson was his son. No, Deshaun, focus on mastering the flute or public speaking. You're good at that. Taylor Cornelius is my quarterback. The Vipers and Dragons were offended by these progressive offensive rules and refused to score any touchdowns in the first half out of spite for innovation. The first touchdown was a Traverius McFadden pick six for the Vipers. The Dragons did answer a few plays after the pick six with the 78 yard wide open touchdown pass to Keenan Reynolds. One of the best runs of the season may have been Vipers running back Jacquees Patrick lowering his shoulder and striking like a cobra. 
a far superior snake to the viper. But that opportunity was squandered by bad ball placement on third down and then a botched field goal so the Vipers could walk away with zero points. Dragons quarterback Brandon Silvers followed in the footsteps of the greats before him. The Jimmy Garoppolo's, the Ryan Tannehill's as he managed to get a win by throwing for less than 100 yards at 91. Which means if you take away that 78 yarder by Reynolds, he passed for 13 yards. When your quarterback wins with a 39 completion percentage, it forces me to hate everything about this game. But luckily for Dragons fans, they discovered the run game. Kenneth Farrow and Trey Williams each had 45 rushing yards. Receiver Keenan Reynolds had the sole touchdown. And in a win, the Dragons had two receivers and running backs finish with negative receiving yards. Truly something hard to do while also winning. Renegades get their first win with a 25-18 victory over the Wildcats. Quarterbacks Landry Jones and Josh Johnson took the field for the first time this season. Jones, after a productive drive in the first, threw a pick that even Matt McGloin and Brandon Silvers would call bad. Josh Johnson, in turn, led a solid drive only to see it spoiled by a fumble in the red zone by running back Elijah Hood. Ghetto Frodo needs to learn to protect the rock like Elijah Wood protected the ring. It was like an invisible force field was protecting both end zones in the first half of this game. Watching the insanity of a helmet on ball fumble is delightful every time I see it, no matter the league. Wildcats head coach Winston Moss wasn't faced, chilling on the bench without a care in the world. This man is calling plays. He also probably impregnated your wife with a wink. Landry Jones' teammates finally returned the turnover favor and ruined another drive with two or three consecutive renegade penalties in the red zone. A kind gesture so Landry wasn't forced to throw three red zone picks. It was a 3-3 three three game after the worst half of XFL football since, well, since the previous game between the Dragons and Vipers. Luckily, the XFL lets everyone take steroids at halftime if the game sucks to literally inject life into the second half, which turned into some pretty damn good football. Well, we'd have to wait just a bit for the good football. Landry Jones threw another interception coming out of halftime. Josh Johnson, who didn't actually throw any interceptions in this game, was betrayed by Ghetto Frodo once more, this time on the two-yard line. Elijah Hood really needs to find his Samwise Gamgee if he wants to succeed. Midway through the third, this game had six turnovers and six points in what was a comical display of two teams refusing to score touchdowns. Josh Johnson eventually threw a touchdown pass to Nelson Spruce. I'm not sure it was intentional, but the TD drought was broken by the man named after a tree. And the blue spruce tree is one of the most drought tolerant species of spruces. I do wish Nelson's parents would have named him Bruce Spruce. Bruce Spruce, Bruce Spruce. The Renegades responded, turning to a balanced offensive attack, mixing in effective runs, which is a bit of an understatement when Cameron Artist Payne averaged 7.1 yards per carry in this game. But they mixed runs and passes like a real offense and scored back-to-back -to -back touchdowns late in the fourth. And Payne finished with two rushing titty-bitties in this game. After going down from two unanswered renegade tuggle-fuggles, the Wildcats got a big 
big return on the kickoff and Josh Johnson this time definitely trying to score lasers another deep ball into the hands of Nelson Spruce and the Wildcats went on to become the first team to try and convert a three-point play which was made a bit easier by a Renegades penalty. And for this game, I am going to have to give Cameron Artist Payne the Big Dick Player Award. Not just because his last name is a warning to anyone who wants to pursue a career in art, but because his 99 rushing yards were the difference in this game, including two key runs on the Renegades' last drive to seal the victory. He was unstoppable in the fourth quarter, and really his ground production let Landry Jones settle down and find rhythm in this game, as Jones went 11 of 14 for 128 yards in the fourth quarter and actually finished with over 300 passing yards on the day. Landry Jones is also officially my favorite player in the league. His ability to stop, drop, and roll ensures he'll never be too badly burned by a fire. I also respect that I can get up, grab a beer, go to the cabinet, get a glass, fill that glass with the beer, then return to the couch in the same amount of time it takes Landry Jones to run nine yards. But Landry really won me over when he critiqued his poor play by just admitting he played like shit. Bud Light seltzers are going to take for you to feel better in the morning? I don't, I don't think there's enough in the bucket. <laughs> so we are a gritty team, and I've played about as bad as you could play. Where did you learn to take that kind of ownership when you're performing in a poor way? Let's call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? Let's not sugarcoat things. That's the only way you're going to get better. The Battlehawks fall to the Roughnecks 24-28 in what was a great game. The St. Louis Battlehawks scored the first touchdown in this game, but the response by the Roughnecks was very impressive. P.J. Walker, after turning to the deep ball, threw the kind of sidearm touchdown pass that made Patrick Mahomes momentarily lose control of his bowels. That's what happens when you win Super Bowl MVP. You shit your pants a little every time another quarterback challenges your alphaness. Then Walker went on to deliver the most impressive play that did not result in points on that after touchdown attempt, helicoptering his way to come up just shy of scoring. Now, I was curious to see how Jordan Tiamu played it this week. I wanted to see if he could keep the mistakes limited, and in the second quarter, he threw his first bad ball, which was pick pernud. That's when you pick off a football and return it as far as you can without actually scoring. Named after me, for all of the girls I bought drinks for while defending them from the creeps at the bar all night so I could walk them home safely and then have them hug me goodnight before shutting and locking the door right in my face. Now this was a genuinely competitive game, meaning the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks received this week's Jack Doyle Award given to the teams who have their shit together the most. P.J. Walker has emerged as the most exciting, if not the best player in the XFL. He tossed three more touchdowns in this game, giving him seven touchdown passes on the season. The Battlehawks were down, but never out of this game. And Jordan Tayamu's second pick was bullshit. Jordan threw a pick on what should have been a free play for the offense. First real officiating controversy of the XFL. That missed call resulted in a 66-yard return and an eventual touchdown for the Roughnecks, proving once and for all there ain't no such thing as a free play in life. The Battlehawks went from being down 3 to 10 because the officials missed the easiest call in football. 
encroachment or offsides, whatever the hell they, they call it. After Cardale Jones and P.J. Walker, Jordan Tayamu is probably playing the best quarterback ball in the league. He also threw three touchdowns in this game and rushed for one as well. Wide receiver DeMornay Pearsonell caught nine passes in this game, which was the most for any receiver over the weekend. That includes Roughnecks receiver Cam Phillips, who had eight receptions, three of which were touchdowns. That is three Cam Phillips touchdowns. Now the Roughnecks ran down the clock after a final last ditch, but impressive touchdown from the Battlehawks LaDamian Washington to close out the game. And those are your week two XFL recaps. Thanks for watching here on That's Good Sports. Please make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, at Brandon Perna. If you care to follow those socials, Make sure you follow at TJ Carpenter Show, who helped me right through all of these games this weekend. He's on Twitter, too. This is your daily NFL podcast of That's Good Sports. It's football that's good.